I did not say chop chop. I had other. Oh, kind of that was the part of the success was lost on the way. You left too early, so what should I do? <laughs> I was I was like, oh you know, I need to help, and my cheap on dating uh, modus operandi was like full mode. Okay, I uh, think think oh co-hosting is working yay we're without glitches finally uh good morning for everyone who is just tuning in or for everyone who's been transitioning smoothly i hope from ukraine that's um ukrainian hosting of water report uh we've been battling technical issues so that's why you probably can see two spaces running uh, simultaneously because the north american one is finally having some rest uh, Paul, I see that you have a hand raised. Please go ahead. Good morning, Phil. I hope you're well. I just thought it was tradition for Axel to uh, sing a song whilst the new um, space was starting. So, <laughs> Paul, you're inventing something. She is singing. I'm just there. <laughs> <laughs> and please, trust me, you don't want to hear me sing. Not by uh, any stretch of the imagination. Philane, if you could uh, run the show for a few minutes, uh, I can um, say reel back in the troops here in the office. I'm trying to add uh, all the speakers who are requesting. I apologize, there are some kind of technical glitches. Lisa, good morning or good night, uh, depending where you are. <laughs> good 5 a.m. here in Vermont. Uh, just because it's not busy right now, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate the group, constant group. And you, Ferlaine, and Axel, and M, and Yehuda, and all these people who give all their time with their brilliance that you all share with us. I have learned so much over the last several months uh, spending so much time with you. I have not gotten sleep. <laughs> I stay up for all the smart people that come in at 3 a.m. till 7. <laughs> and uh, I just want to say I love you guys. And Slava Ukraine. Hello, I'm Slava. Thank you so much, Lisa. I, uh, we are all honored, and it's it's great to hear such a feedback. Um, I didn't stay up that night, that late. If you did, now I'm feeling guilty that I did. <laughs> now I'm I'm gonna have to listen to everything that was said, um, probably later on. But yeah, thank you so much for your support, and everyone, thanks so much for keeping yourself updated on the such a horrendous but at the same time such an important uh, uh but, um, anyways yeah what can i say i see that there's an, another speaker marek uh good morning if you're in poland especially good morning hello hello everyone i want to say two things uh, uh the first is uh, uh, about anda's story because it was of course uh, hard touching and it's very important and everyone who wants to um, deepen uh, their knowledge about uh, russian guac uh, and uh, i think it's important because 
if you do so, uh, you, you would even uh, feel more uh, uh, if it's uh, even possible uh, to feel more, uh, you know, compassion and uh, love to Ukraine, Ukrainian people. So uh, I can recommend you a book of Polish uh, soldier and writer, uh, Gustav Herning Grudziński and his famous book, A World Apart. Uh, so I can uh, write you a, a title and this is, uh, this is if you uh, read that book, you would know everything about uh, Russian work and everything about what people suffer in such places. And the second thing is uh, that I want to just uh, tell you that I spent uh, uh, May weekend, uh, the beginning of the this beautiful month, uh, last weekend in Warsaw, and I saw a lot of, uh, really a lot of Russian people, of course, uh, sorry, not Russian, Ukrainian people, of course, usually women and children, and I should say, and I want to say that they are trying to spend normal life uh, to visit pleasant uh, and interesting places. But I can see uh, the yearning for for the homes and for the homeland uh, on their faces, and I want to ask everyone to give uh, as much help for Ukraine as you can. And that's all I'm uh, saying hello and waving uh, friendly my hands to everyone. And Slava Ukraini, Slava Giro. Hi. Hello, Slava. Thank you so much for letting us know that uh, how, how are the the displaced individuals are doing uh, once again i don't like to be called refugees but nevertheless it's um it, we we kind of uh when we speak with them sometimes we, we try to um make sure that they hear our our plea to try to get kids to some sort of normality to bring them some some kind of fun players or to go to the zoos or to go to somewhere when when they can um I don't want to say distract, but just uh, uh, avert their attention to something which is joyful for for a moment. It and it, it helps uh, for for some time. They um, they get re um, yeah recharged, but uh, yeah, they, their their faces say it all, as you said. It's a very complicated issue, especially if. A lot of their friends and families are still um, in Ukraine or in the front lines. It's a, it's a, it's it's a balance <laughs> that they're trying to maintain. It's harder than it seems, um, but they they're doing what they can, and yeah, that's um, part of their I guess <laughs> all Ukrainian spirit. <laughs> I'd say. I, I was going to ask you, uh, Marek, um, overall, um, is there a, a difference uh, in, I guess, in the shift of the society in the general opinion towards, I guess, Russia these days? Uh, 
or as to the people who are from Russia, uh, are they being, uh, are they still under the term of propaganda or are, are they finally like getting out of it? Because I have a person like, uh, my friends have relatives in Poland, they are originally from Ukraine, but they have been exhorting Russia propaganda for a while. And it, it and they are still um, mesmerized by it. What is your opinion on the matter? Oh, thank you for asking me about this. Uh, what I, happens I would to the probably other say. Uh, so, sorry, I would. Uh, uh, I'm Jeremiah, can you wait for a second? Just for a second, okay. wait. No, uh, Marek, please go ahead. Jeremiah, wait for your uh, turn, please. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so thank you for asking me. Uh, as usual, as uh, anyone is answering the question, uh, usually uh, is showing uh, their own opinion. But I, I should say with almost certainty that uh, this is not only my opinion, but uh, but uh, majority of, of of Polish people. Because you know we suffered from Russia a lot as as your nation did, uh, and uh, as I said to everyone on in this space, uh, for me it will never end until uh, um, Russia is uh, not uh, um, you know uh, uh, you. Um, uh, say that uh, all all uh, bad deeds they committed in, in history, uh, they are responsible for that. And uh, uh, um, until that, uh, uh, you know, it it, it would uh, be always. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. This is the the. I would love to answer that that question in in Polish, but. Uh, Back to the team. Uh, for me, uh, of course, we we wanted. Uh, uh, I have to admit that we want to have a good relationship with uh, uh, our uh, neighbor. Uh, I mean Russia, and we made uh, uh, indeed difference. Uh, we differ. Uh, we used to differ Russia and uh, Russian people. But now it uh, it com it is completely changed because uh, uh, you know uh, we know our history and uh, we lived uh, uh, in communist times uh, for uh, uh, more more than forty five years and we had uh, propaganda television like in Russia now uh, nowadays and Polish nation always uh, knew what is the truth. Uh, we uh, used to, um, uh, uh, we were looking for, uh, uh, for the truth in, in, in different sources, even though they, there uh, was no internet connection and we listened to, uh, to, Europe radio, for example, and we uh, always uh, knew as a nation what is a, a good thing to do and what is a wrong thing to do. So uh, I, I, I'm sure and 
I, I'm saying it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, there is no uh, no reason to uh, to say, okay, this is uh, Russia. This is not Russian people. Uh, uh, I think Russian people are uh, uh, responsible for what's happening in Ukraine because they pretend uh, not to. Uh, mm, know what, what what is the truth or they don't want to look for it and this is a bad thing really bad thing and i think i i am i'm you know i am polish so i i i think i have the right to say that because uh, as i said uh, um, every nation every every person who wants to uh, to be uh, uh, to be a good one uh, uh, is looking for comparisons, looking for the uh, uh, true, and uh, this is, I think, this is the answer for your question. So uh, now I think uh, it's not a good idea for any Russian person to go for a trip to Poland. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you, Marek, for uh, giving insight what's going on inside the country and inside the, I guess, the mood and the dynamic within the Polish nation. Uh, once again, uh, uh, I'd like to use the opportunity to thank Polish nation for everything you've been doing. You've um, shown a lot of our, um, kids, elderly women, uh, how to friends should behave in the time dire times of need so thank you so much Every, everyone would do the same uh, so but thank you for saying that. thanks thank you i think andy was the next one and i uh, received a message from jeremiah he apologized that he interrupted you because he didn't hear the speakers it happens it's the spaces are glitchy so mark he didn't mean to do that andy please go ahead Hello, hello. How how are you doing, Victoria? Staying alive. Thanks for asking. How have you been? <laughs> good, good. And I hope you're getting enough sleep and uh, also, you know, food and uh, water and whatever. Food. Thanks for the reminder. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. It's it's a pity that Lisa Lisa's step down because i was gonna ask her if the uh if vermont um, maple syrup was the best kind of maple syrup but i guess we will get an answer from her later on but uh axel are you with us uh, he said he wanted oh he's... yeah so uh I know we discussed like uh, it must have been already over a week ago uh, that you were awaiting uh, a number of developments within Germany, and I think uh, some of those have uh, come to some come to fruition. But is there something? Uh, are there developments that you are waiting on that uh, would uh, help further the cause of Ukraine at, at this moment? Well. If what is being said and written and what is seemingly coming through the grapevine is to be believed, then there are a variety of proposals currently 
sitting uh, literally at the desk of the German Chancellor. Um, I think it takes a bit of, um, yeah, it would take clairvoyance on my part, which I fail to have, to tell you what exactly should come. But there's a lot of equipment which can be delivered and which can be allowed to be sold um, because the uh, proposals have been made, the uh, assent or support by the Ministry uh, of Defence has been given and the Ministry of Economics in, in the case of export license has already positively opined on it. And even the German Security Council, which involves certain members of the German Bundestag's committee uh, for defense and security, has opined on matters. Um, the German Bundestag has a so-called, like, like many parliaments in the world who have it, they have their own uh, research and legal uh, administration and um, RT, Wissenschaftlicher uh, Dienst, as it's called, so uh, scientific research, but in this case it's academic research. And they have already opined that deliveries of heavy, heavy weapons do not constitute uh, becoming a party to the war, which obviously that's a very uh, Germanic or sorry, very German legalistic and formalistic uh, concern in any event, given the fact that there is precedent for this. And if one were to just simply follow what is actually um, considered to be a party to law, um, one could have pragmatically decided this, but then again, that's what it is. Uh, they are, shall we say, crossing I's and dotting T's uh, in reverse, probably <laughs> in front of it, um, but that's okay. And so if the Chancellor now feels safe and secure enough, uh, that the German population is waking up to the fact that the opposition leader has been the first senior politician actually visiting uh, Kiev and Ilpin for that matter. Um, I think there, there's, there's momentum and we just, as always, uh, have to give Mr. Scholz some time. So as a follow-up to what we, we kind of uh, quickly discussed in the morning about the Panzer Hobbits uh, that uh, were being uh, released, but you mentioned that, uh, and I, I do agree that it's far more important to uh, what extent uh, the Ukrainians will be get getting permits to, uh, or rather the, uh, the manufacturer will be getting permits to actually sell equipment to Ukraine. But do you think that any, any numbers will ever be made public? I think um, the, uh, as far as I can see at the moment, that whenever the Ministry of Economics signs off on something, um, that somehow it finds its way into the public eye. I don't know why, but it, it seems to be at the moment the case. I don't think it's actually the Ministry of Economics leaking it. On the contrary, I think it's other interested parties who believe that they should either forestall the process or uh, impair the process or uh, believe that they can promote it with it. I don't know why, but there's too many leaks going on at this point in time. Um, so, sorry, your, your voice is a bit low. Sorry. Really? Let me, hold on. Is this any better? No, rather worse. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Carry on. Um, that is probably a matter of the airport then. Uh, do you want, give me a second, I can switch. Um, bum, bum, bum. One sec. Is this any better now? Yes. 
Okay, now we know the degradation of the airports. <laughs> Righty ho. Okay, yeah. Um, I tend to believe that the uh, current, uh, I don't know, communication policy surrounding these decisions is not very helpful. Because Antti, as you quite rightly integrated, there are certain things which should always, be it numbers, be it individual components, be it training schedules, and even deliver, definitely delivery schedules, um, they should remain under the radar to a large extent. Uh, yeah. The grand, so to say, outlines of politics as to we are delivering, I don't know, take a hypothetical. It's not something which I would see happening at the moment. Say, for example, the German government were to decide that it would allow um, existing old stocks, not even in, uh, of German, uh, say, uh, say uh, Bundeswehr stocks, but existing old stocks of uh, M1, A5 or A4 Leopards, light battle tanks, very useful for the Ukrainians at the moment, of which these uh, stocks do exist in continental Europe in various locations and with other allies. Uh, for them to be released to Ukraine at this point in time in order to support uh, both the uh, armored brigades being set up to support the light and heavy infantry of the Ukrainian armed forces for a potential counterattack. If these were to be uh, delivered, that is a major shift, albeit that these are still light battle tanks and definitely defensively, whilst they have better sensors than the upgraded versions we're talking about, and they're useful, and some of them are still in use actually, uh, also with the German Bundeswehr. Um, these battle tanks would constitute a major shift in uh, how the policy, which is now allowed under the Bundestag's vote um, and supported wholeheartedly, uh, is executed. So I think this is something which we would like to see, and then they probably would uh, indicate numbers, but this is not yet the case. So that, that's a grand outline. Whether they then help and what kind of schedule they deliver ammunition, all those sorts of things, and that's completely irrelevant, that, at least for the purpose of communicating it to the public. But the fact that they will yeah. do it is important. Now, the same thing they did on the date in, in Rammstein with the uh, cheetah or what we call the guitar. Now, that obviously there's lots and lots of criticism in the public and even by former military men and even current military uh, officers who have uh, voiced their concerns that, of course, why would we give them this? This is some have said that the Gepard is far too complicated. Others have said that it doesn't really help. Uh, on the other hand, the Gepard is something which the Ukrainians really, really wanted as a mobile uh, anti-air system with additional combat capabilities. And the, the idea is mobile, mobile air defense. This is a concept which is heavily vested in how the Ukrainian armed forces under the guidance of their military commanders are currently prosecuting their form of warfare, which seems to have been rather effective and it can retain its mobility in the respective battlefield scenarios we're seeing, whether it is the Izium corridor or whether it is further down in Donbass or down to the southern line of, of contact, those make sense. But there, of course, I concede to all the military uh, say, commentators that, of course, the cheetah in itself should not stand alone. You need additional weapon system platforms. So when I'm advocating, for example, highlighting a light and older form battle tank, such as Leopard 1, in its updated form, then I do so because I have heard already from the Ukrainian side that they would very much welcome this and that they would very much be interested in operating. And, and that, uh, by the way, 
uh, retired General Dombreuse had highlighted before, I think this was about already three weeks ago, I would have to find, find the date when he said it, but uh, let me paraphrase what he said on that day, that under pressure and with uh, the quality and capability of the Ukrainian armed forces and tankers, he would not understand as to why it would take long. And he meant not weeks, but more or less one and a half weeks to train up experienced and good reserve tankers, even of the Ukrainian armed forces, and to train them on the Leopard 1. Uh, even if this is a four-man crew as opposed to a three-man crew, even if it's different technology and different sensor systems, uh, there is a lot which can be achieved with highly motivated and capable and experienced people as opposed to those who you train up in a regular schedule. So having said this, I think uh, our Polish friends have had the same opinion in that regard, having met the Ukrainian tankers who are taking over the T-72s from Poland. And I think the Slovenians have had the same now with the people who are supposed to take over the M-84s. So if you contrast this yeah. then with the schedule, and I'm sorry for the long-winded answer, but uh, you gave me an open question. It's like a softball, <laughs> <laughs> but you know this. I, I, would, of course, I would, of course, highlight that there is additional um, artillery components which could be provided by Germany. There's definitely a lot of... Uh, infantry fighting vehicles the Germans could provide, or uh, where German uh, weapon system suppliers could sell them to Ukraine under export licensing. And I think that is another piece which is important, other than the battle tanks. The more IFVs we can deliver with appropriate weapon systems mounted, the better. And I would, I would love it if the uh, German defense ministry would uh, make a tongue-in-cheek announcement that they were providing Ukraine with... Uh, light and heavy tractors because of course that's the way that uh, the Reichswehr did uh, name their first prototype tanks in the in the 30s so that would be something really really nice to kind of uh, as a wink wink and a nudge yeah i'm not quite sure whether we will revert back to that kind of diction and language and a voice of uh, no. evasiveness uh, <laughs> but i yes i, I get your gist I yeah, Yuha and Peace wanted to add some. Yes, questions. I will shut up now. Thank you. No, 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 please stay, stick around. Yes, hello. Thanks. Uh, uh, I just want to go, briefly come back to this question regarding how the uh, Russians in other countries are taking all this all this uh, situation, uh, and whether they believe the Russian propaganda. So I can say that in Finland we have actually two different movements. One is uh, a group of Russia, Finnish Russians who uh, are about or have announced that they would organize a rally on 9th and so on. And uh, there was a petition against it. And now also the uh, I would say organization of the Russians in Finland had published a plea that they would uh, ask them not to celebrate Victory Day but the Europe Day. And uh, considering how important the Victory Day is for the Russians, like traditionally, uh, and uh, it's not like a warmongering uh, thing, but it's uh, something of national pride and so on. And I think this step to say that they would prefer that the, the, the Russians would celebrate the Europe Day instead, instead of the Victory Day, I think that's that's quite remarkable. And I uh, I have the unconfirmed, unscientific opinion or impression that uh, in Finland there is considerably more 
Russians who uh, are very critical towards Putin than actually who would uh, still support uh, the Putin and, and believe this all this disinformation. And I think it's uh, pretty. Uh, how would I say? There's this this phenomenon called called parody uh, parody horizon. And there was this uh, tweet recently, a Sputnik not uh, posted like two hours ago, a tweet which says, this is satirically meant, breaking, Foreign Minister Lavrov says that US-funded Israeli Nazi Jews use black magic to torture Russian children in secret Ukrainian biolabs on the other side of flat earth. So basically, can you please send me this? I love this text. That is fantastic. We should keep that and pin it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, uh, and in, in the comments, uh, well, well, obviously that is complete nonsense. But very many of the uh, comments actually I get the impression that people really believe that the Russians would have been able to do something or say something like that. And uh, that they are completely missing the point that it's actually satirically, satirically meant. And I think that's a good sign or, uh, well, good or whatever, clear sign that uh, the Russian lies have, are about to reach the parody horizon, that they, anything they claim, nobody believes them anyway. So basically what they claim to be the truth cannot be distinguished from what is actually complete uh, parody and, and satire. They, they're doing it themselves. We don't, if we want to make them look ridiculous, all we have to do is retweet or uh, share what they're saying. Okay, but coming back, back to the point, I think that most of the Finns, uh, the Russians in Finland, they actually are quite critical towards the, the, uh, the current Putin uh, sort of style. Thank you. Thank you for that. Much appreciated. And please, uh, if you can, you are, uh, DM me that text. That is, uh, in a nutshell, everything one can try uh, find tragically funny in this case. Peace. Hello. Good morning, Axel. Good morning, Victoria. How are, how are you guys doing? Hope all is well. All is Tired. Good. All is good. All is on the high. Sehr gut. Um, back to to our common language. Only I only speak a, just just a couple of expressions like "good morning" and "thank you" in German. So bear with me if and apologies for the accent. I do not want to to kill uh, or anything on on anyone's language. I, I like to enunciate and pronunciate correctly. So. Correct me, criticize, bash uh, me in the head. A few words, a few words go a long way, as you know. Indeed, indeed, I totally agree. Just, um, just sort of, couple of two two pieces of uh, personal opinion as as a civilian, um, and um, I will start with with Felaine, uh, um for uh, as a piece of sort of sharing um, about. The feeling in relation to uh, how people perceive or see uh, and the support uh, towards towards Ukraine and how how people perceive uh, Russian and um, and myself being on the very end or being original from from the very end and still uh, very much 
with family and links to Portugal, so the very last country in the European continent. Um, I will start with the Russians because it will be brief. Uh, there's like 4,000 something, um, not even 5,000 Russians uh, in Portugal currently. They have uh, actually been used a mechanism in Portugal, which I think Portugal should really put a stop and halt on it, which is the golden visas. They have, um, uh, Abramovich has used that uh, gold, golden visa to buy himself um the Portuguese nationality, which I found it should, it should be revoked. But the opinion of Portuguese, the main sentiment, before there was already, let's say, some sort of tolerance. Um, and I think from looking at politicians, there was more uh, some, some sort of um, attempt to collect investments from the and use the investments from, from the Russians in Portugal, which they brought around about 200 or 300 million euros across uh, the few last years, brought by only perhaps 200 out of a population that is currently there of almost 5,000. I think there was like 300 Russians who brought in 200 or 300 million, which already there's there's question mark and tracing of those investments that's a separate conversation but the perception of russians um before this part of the conflict uh was already of sort of distrust uh although some paralysis and some again attempt to sort of via economical means to calm things down since 2014 but since this conflict has started uh, it's like the trust there's no more attempt the majority and vast majority of the portuguese population is that no no uh, russia and russian that is not good so we'll start putting uh duma russian government uh, russian people who actually uh, support this. This is no, this is no, 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 no. We support Ukraine. We are and we stand with Ukraine. And to, on the comparison on the other side, there are currently, I think there were already before the 24th of February, there was already like 45 or 50,000 Ukrainians uh, living and working in in Portugal, um, Ukrainian people in Portugal is perceived as uh, extremely intelligent and hardworking people, uh, very sensitive and very family protected. They are, ex I believe, extremely and very well integrated, and they are very much appreciated. They are the the second largest nationality um, after Brazilians, which is known because of uh, the language. Uh, but uh, the second largest uh, foreign population in Portugal, and uh, they are very, very much appreciated. I see Spring uh, has her hand risen, and she's actually in Portugal. Maybe I would like her to come, if it's possible. I think she would like to say something. Spring, please go ahead. Yes, Spring. Right. Yes, I'm here. If I have uh, background noise, sorry, I'm at work, so it might happen. Um, about the 
Portuguese uh, uh, Abramovich citizenship. It was not in the visa program. It was in the Sephardist Jewish that he got the nationality and something that is reviewed by the court because uh, it's under investigation, the um, synagogue of Porto. And about the... The amount of uh, Ukrainians in Portugal right now should be around 60,000 because uh, of people arriving here, but it's usually in the late years around 30,000, and it's true that it's a very welcome um, community in Portugal that we like them very much, and um, we are in. It's a country that is very pro-Ukrainian right now. So it's just that, sorry, but for the noise background. It's all. That is much appreciated. No, so we've tried to cycle up. Yeah, we tried to cycle up a few speakers who've been coming in and, and then dropping out. So let's try this again. Um, Righty-ho. Marek, and then if you, everybody else, if you want to speak, please put your hand up and then we can uh, cycle through this. Marek. Oh, thanks uh, again. Uh, so I want to add something because I I uh, heard the previous uh, speakers, uh, and I I I of course I I should admit that I um, I drank uh, uh, you know uh, with the milk of my mother uh, unlikeness to. Russian people, uh, so that, that that's why I am probably not uh, objective person. But uh, uh, as far as um, uh, uh, Russian people in different countries uh, uh, are concerned, I I have to say that uh, I I don't want you to uh, to uh, hear me as a person who who is. Uh, you know, uh, uh, spreading hatred against them because uh, I, I would be a bad guy, uh, if you know what I mean. Uh, I, I don't want that. Uh, but uh, I think that every uh, nation uh, and uh, opinion of, of, of every nation is uh, built by by people who are representing it uh, abroad. So I remember uh, times uh, after 1989 where uh, we were a very poor nation and we went uh, usually to Germany to to earn money. And and uh, I know that we, we had not very good opinion uh, there, I suppose, but uh, we deserve to uh, to be um, uh, to to better opinion uh, because of our uh, behaviors because of uh, you know uh, uh, the uh, the way we uh, we live not expecting the social payments but uh, but hard working and uh, I I know that uh, uh, as as I see uh, Ukrainian people here. Uh, they are. Uh, I think I'm. I, I'm proud of, of Polish people helping Ukraine Ukrainians. But uh, you have to 
Uh, I know I, I'm repeating myself, but I, you all have to know that they won't work. And they, uh, when I first went uh, to the border to to help help people to get into the uh, the Polish territory, uh, they, the first uh, question uh, asked by them, even though they were standing in a, a freezing cold. Uh, uh, two days or or even more. Uh, it was: uh, Is it possible to get work in in this town? So uh, uh, this is uh, against uh, 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 this is against again what I want to to say that oh, all all the people who have uh, uh, even uh, even not. Uh, very um, extended uh, possibility to help Ukrainian people should do it should do and then uh, the, the the second part of my my uh, two I, I I know two I am I'm speaking too too uh, long and with my bad English but the second thing is that we had to uh, make pressure on Russia. Uh, to uh, you know to uh, to admit officially uh, bad things they did i don't i don't know where uh, when it would be uh, possible but uh, this is uh, you have to know history to 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 know that uh, if they uh, they are not, uh, they would be not be forced to admit they uh, attacked uh, uh, they broke the law uh, attacked uh, without no reason ukraine uh, it will repeat again and again and again how this is the same as happened in in uh, september 1939 when they attacked Poland, this is this is all the same, I, and they they never said, okay, we did bad thing. They uh, said we, they uh, helped us to to fight uh, Nazists. Thanks. And they never really apologized for Khartoum. Yeah, for sure. This is the this is the main. I think one of the main reason I. I should to admit I hate them. Uh, that is understandable, and uh, but the thing is, as you quite rightly said, and I think I, I got this also from your message that people who do have this, what you are calling for, the reckoning, and have admitted uh, the crimes and the guilt associated with it. Um, can, of course, be admitted back into civil society at a later stage. And those who live abroad and who have distanced themselves from that regime should not be taken hostage by that regime. I think we all know um, Russians who live abroad who completely disagree with this and who have not fallen prey to it and who have not been corrupted by it and who see essentially everything they would have believed as their mother culture to be degraded uh, and uh, disparaged by this um, utter regime. But Marek, I uh, appreciate what you said.
Fran, you want Thanks. to guide through the next couple of speakers? Hi. Yes, please. I think we have a couple hands raised for a while. I think uh, Wisniewski was the first one. Then Good morning. Majmai Can you hear me well? Um, sorry, who was that? It wasn't me, but the guy can go first. Oh, sorry. I, okay. I, 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 didn't, mean, I didn't mean to, to, to skip the line, so go ahead. Sorry, I thought that was, I was given a... Go ahead. I will boot myself and go ahead, then I will speak later. Okay. okay, so then Vishnikovsky, please go ahead and then. Um, yeah. Hello, um, listening to the space since the beginning. Um, like everything that you do, I wanted to add to um, the onto the comment of the Finnish speaker. I think a couple of speakers back or two or three speakers back um, on the topic of Russians living in Finland. I found it quite interesting that there they seem to be sort of like more anti-Putin and more um, in the know about the Russian propaganda. I have a different story. Um, I'm married to Ukrainian. Um, they have a family that's spread out all over the post-Soviet Union countries. And just recently we heard um, the auntie of my wife calling her grandma and other aunties from Germany, so she's living there for 30 to 40 years, I believe. Um, she grew up in Kazakhstan, um, but has Ukrainian um, heritage. Called everyone, um, saying basically the uh, repeating Russian propaganda, saying that um, Ukrainians are shedding their own people, Ukrainians are killing their own people, and basically telling all their Ukrainian family who are living in Ukraine um, that the Russians are the good and the Ukrainians are bad, which is almost unbelievable. But <clears throat> I, I hear this story kind of repeating in the German sphere. So I'm, I'm living in Austria and my wife's going here to dance classes and also encountered another Russian speaker living here for a while repeating the same, repeating the Russian propaganda, saying that Ukrainians actually are also at fault in this war because they um, shared Russian people in Donbass. Um, I have uh, a colleague whom I worked with, also a Russian speaker, um, again, living in Austria for quite a long time, benefiting of freedom of information, um, all the news and internet that you can get uncensored almost uncensored, and he repeats the same story. He repeats the Ukrainians are at fault. <clears throat> and of course, these are only only anecdotal um, perceptions from, from my side. But when I hear um, the Finnish person speaking about a different perception about the Russians there, um, and when I observe otherwise um, how, let's say, soft Russian propaganda is more successful in the German-speaking sphere. Um, I, I would put up a hypothesis here that the host countries um, also add a lot to the difference of, of the positions of the Russians living in the host countries. So my opinion that we kind of permit this bubble of Russian propaganda 
to exist more easily than apparently in Finland. Mm. That's that's what I wanted to just put up in the room. Otherwise, um, I will be listening to to your space throughout the day. I've just recently been in Ukraine helping um, in some my colleagues who went to Donbass, supplying them, learned a bit about medical center, learned a bit about cross-border travel. So if you're interested in any of that, I'm, I'm happy to share, but now we'll leave it as a propaganda topic. Thank you, guys. May I answer? You are here quite quickly to this one, <clears throat> because he addressed my what I said previously. <clears throat> I, they are, obviously, there are in Finland both those Russians which uh, support Putin and those who don't. But uh, uh, and it was just my unscientific uh, impression what I have got that the majority would be uh, sort of against Putin. And uh, but it's I don't have any really figures there. But it's at least it's not, it's clear that that uh, the pro-Putin Russians in Finland are not uh, like alone. There there are both people on both sides. Okay, thanks. Yeah, thank you. So it's the same on my side. It's an unscientific, um, rather anecdotal perception, but still I perceive very much. And I think that Austria, especially, um, is lacking behind in fighting Russian propaganda, probably, to, to Finland and especially to Poland. In Poland, I perceive very pro-Ukrainian official stance that's unseen, for instance, in Austria. In Austria, there's like, was a lot of pro-Ukrainian sentiment. But I think Poland is just remarkably pro-Ukrainian, which I loved to see. And we welcome our friend Mikola. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, I'll be co-hosting the space, so just going to be silent for now. <laughs> Not a problem. Very glad to have you here. Ferlaine, if you could help uh, Mikkel and cycle up and then we can continue. I'm not quite sure who was next. I apologize. I couldn't follow the order in the past couple of minutes. Ferlaine, do you have the order? I already sent request to Mikola. Hi, Mikola. Uh, yeah, much, much was the next one. Good morning from uh, Czech Republic. I am reporting uh, essentially the same uh, anecdotal, purely anecdotal, uh, no figures, evidence uh, that some of the previous speakers have referred to for other countries. So the Russian community here is uh, very mixed in uh, their opinions about the war of aggression in Ukraine. And uh, one comment that I might add is the following. Um, Let's not assume that just because Russians living abroad have access theoretically to news information coming from, you know, reputable sources, they stop listening to propaganda. I have anecdotal, personal, um, direct acquaintances that are very much in the bubble because, you know, they listen to Russian-speaking TV, uh, they listen to uh, you know uh, podcasts uh, in Russians in Russian that are like uh, essentially Kremlin propaganda and whatnot. So here I uh, would have a question, which is the following: Does 
anybody in this uh, space uh, happen to have access uh, to a list of uh, useful resources that might be sent uh, to people that are still uh, that are in the bubble ideally i am thinking of something that might be uh, tailored to different type of audiences and uh, if at least part of uh, the resources are in russian even better uh, what I mean is that there is a number of people that, uh, of course, have a higher level of education. Probably they are the minority in terms of uh, um, being in the bubble, but there are also those. And then there are people that have a you know, lower level of education, and for them, a two or three minutes video on YouTube might be, of course, it will, it will not, it will not uh, change their mind, but at least uh, would see the, some doubts on what is going on. Some of these people are absolutely ignoring uh, willfully or, you know, just because of uh, uh, language barriers uh, and the personal lack of intellectual curiosity, they are absolutely ignoring what is uh, going on. Um, yeah, if I tried myself to find uh, such a list of resources, but I was not successful, so I am wondering if such a thing actually uh, happens to exist. I am, just let me add, uh, books are helpful too, so anything that is in Russian that could be a helpful uh, read for someone, magazines, uh, online stuff, uh, anything that could help, uh, even TikTok videos, for God's sake, uh, could probably target some of these people. Thanks. I will So guys, uh, I assume Nina is going to go first. Um, yeah, welcome, Nina. Uh, thanks. Uh, <clears throat> talking about these Russians in Finland, uh, I don't know. You have talked about uh, he's seen some uh, uh, groups or something like that. Uh, I haven't been actively following those, but I have like personal. Uh, experiences which are saying completely the different and I am really saddened that um, uh, I have like a, my uh, uh, pa no, not partner but somebody who worked in the same place as I did uh, I I and the owner of the shop we put Ukrainian flags in the window and and when she came to work she saw them she turned around and called the employer and said she is never coming back. And uh, also my friend uh, knew that I was uh, uh, supporting Ukraine. She said she doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And uh, then my friend went to fetch her child from the kindergarten. And that was a boy uh, who had <clears throat> whose uh, head had been sh shaved and uh, left only two Zs on the sides. 
So uh, I feel really, really, uh, I'm not shocked because uh, I understand how deep this propaganda is, but uh, uh, they are completely in this bubble still. And uh, I don't know any Russian who, who are supporting, who is supporting Ukraine. So yeah, I just want to say this. Okay, thank you for your comment. Uh, can I have peace for for Ukraine, I guess? Or is, yes, peace for Ukraine next. Thank you. Uh, hi, Mikola. Uh, I will relay my place because I've already spoken. Uh, I think there are other people who wish to speak, and actually, I'm going to lower myself because I can see that it, it's full. So, thank you so much. I'll 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 catch up later. Thank you. Bye. Sure, Louis. I've seen you're raising the hand. I will give it first to Jan because he was first, and then I will give it to you. So, Jan, please. Hi, thank you. Uh, good morning. Um, as uh, as every day, I've been studying um, the front lines today, and I've noticed that um, around Kharkiv, uh, actually, Ukrainians have made big advances uh, um, in the direction of Stari Saltiv. Uh, if that's the right pronunciation. And um, that usually brings me to my um, to the big question, uh, um, how are the front lines going and in what direction is it going, especially uh, considering all the weapons deliveries. Maybe we have a military expert, as I'm not a military expert, who can speak about it, but... I I only see it going in in one direction, and that is uh, um, Russians out of out of Ukraine, um, especially West. Um, yeah, is is banking on the fact that if they if they deliver Ukraine with all the weapons, uh, they can defend also their own Western front lines. And that makes it inevitable for me to say that at the end of the year we we could see no Russians in Ukraine anymore. Maybe there's another opinion by a real military expert here. I think Antti will reply to your question on this, but uh, I wanted to invite Louis. Louis, if you have a question, uh, please go ahead and then we're going to hear the Antti response to this. Uh, thank you. You can. Uh, I just wanted to. Uh, good morning uh, to all. Uh, first of all, uh, you can give uh, directly the word to someone that can re- respond to that, and I will talk uh, after that if you like. Thank you, Louis, for offer. Auntie, do you have a response to the previous question? Auntie. Uh, sorry, I, I only heard uh, part of it. Uh, it I, I will try if, uh, if he could repeat the question. Thank you. Uh, I can summarize yes. it. For you. So the, with the amount that, you know, kind of Ukraine is receiving the support in terms of uh, armory and weaponry, um, basically Jan is expecting that uh, basically Ukraine is going to uh, win the war and there are going to be no Russians in Ukraine by the end of the year. How probable it is, and could you comment on this, you know, kind of from your military experience and so on? Thank you. Right, especially because we've seen the first front lines uh, in in the regions of Kharkiv falling. Mm-hmm. 
Ukraine? Well, uh, my response is conditioned because there, there's simply so much that we don't know. I mean, uh, Ukrainian operational security is still phenomenal. And uh, obviously the information we get of the Russian side is based on uh, on public information that's, that becomes available from the ground and also from uh, Ukrainian sources and, uh, well, somewhat of from Russian sources.